A Matter of Spirit is the quarterly justice journal of the Intercommunity Peace and Justice Center. This article appeared in the fall 2020 issue on COVID-19. Finding Hope in Times of Pandemic by Gretchen Gundrum Gretchen Gundrum is a psychologist and spiritual director in Seattle. She also serves on the editorial board for A Matter of Spirit. I'm tired of all this COVID stuff, nine-year-old Molly said. All I want to do is go back to school and hug my grandpa. Ah, some sense of normalcy, please. The hardest part is not knowing when it will all be over. Will there be a vaccine soon? Will it be safe? Or a ploy to try to rescue a teetering presidency? Perhaps you've suffered from COVID brain. Mental fogginess, forgetfulness, inability to concentrate, impaired problem-solving, low-grade depression with anxiety. Or COVID-somnia, fatigued but unable to sleep well, with fitful dreams, and often early morning awakening with a vague sense of dread. And then there's the addictive doom-scrolling, constantly checking the news feed on your phone to see if anything else bad has happened, and it often has. We are in the midst of what one journalist described as a trauma pandemic in this country. We have huge amounts of stress due to financial worries, fears about our physical safety as we look our mortality daily in the eye, the frustration of trying to accommodate family space for work from home and school from home, the dearth of social outlets, fear for the health of loved ones, and the tedium of isolation. And that's just the chaos from COVID. The national cacophony of peaceful protesting for racial justice, laced with violence and rioting from so-called bad actors, verified Russian interference in our elections, and the chaotic and confusing messages from our government have left our heads spinning, our hearts confused and troubled. And then what if our votes don't get counted properly? Things taken for granted in the past are suddenly in total jeopardy. Did I mention the West Coast in flames and the calving of icebergs in the Arctic Circle and Antarctica? It's too much. Please, God, some peace, some hopeful good news. One wonders where God is in all of this mess, or even if God cares about us. When God is seen as a patriarchal, retributive God, there might be the temptation to think we're being punished. If that's the case, the whole world is being punished. Or maybe we're being invited to something else, something new. There is an opportunity for growth in consciousness, both individually and in terms of our planet. This might be an evolutionary moment of creativity in the chaos and a renewed commitment to the common good, despite the isolation and self-centeredness that our circumstances can foster. It's a moment of respect and community with each other as we mask up, socially distance, and digitally collect with family, neighbors, and friends. It's a moment that invites deeper connection to other nations as the race for a vaccine to thwart the virus absorbs scientists and preoccupies government. It is also a moment for a dialogic relationship with the divine. There's a story about St. Teresa of Avila that's heartwarming. Teresa had an authentic, reciprocal relationship with God. It is said that once when she was on her way to deliver supplies to one of her far-flung monasteries, 
her heavily laden donkey slipped in the river and upended the whole cargo. Agitated, she lifted her head to heaven and said, If this is the way you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few of them. It was probably helpful to give God a piece of her mind. We are invited to do the same. So where is God in the midst of our travails? Hopefully riding right next to us in the co-pilot seat. We don't get rescued, but help will come if we ask for it. In the person of Jesus, we have a God who suffered for us and continues to suffer with us. His piercing cry on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? From Psalm 22, verse 1, rings true for many of us now. Feeling bereft, abandoned, and sometimes scared out of our wits, we cry out in our own multi-pronged pandemic crucifixion. If God does figuratively hold us in the palm of his hand, we might remind God to look at his or her hand more often. In her book, Acedia and Me, A Marriage, Monks, and a Writer's Life, Kathleen Norris presents the asceticism necessary to withstand the depression, anxiety, and discouragement that can accompany daily life. She cites the recitation of the Psalms as an emotionally stabilizing practice for her. She also underscores the grace of surprising blessings that come and the importance of the practice of gratitude. How can we stay grounded in faith and hope? How can we endure the daily tedium of this marathon? A tedium that Kathleen Norris describes as the ascedia monks grapple with in the sameness of their days. An informal survey of relatives and friends produced a number of blessings during the restrictions and isolation of the coronavirus. Many spoke of the delight of being more, not less, connected to family members through the use of Zoom and other digital platforms. Some noted time to do more reading and reflection on racism and climate change in particular. Others talked about having had to let go of the illusion of being in control of their lives, their future, even next week. Knowing that we're all in this together has yielded times of humor and solidarity. While working from home and school from home often create tension with the confinement of space and competing needs for Internet access, it has also brought a deeper connection to each other. Heightened awareness of global suffering, the heroic sacrifice of first responders, the courage of activists working for justice, and firefighters facing the effects of global warming head-on yields an irrefutable wake-up call. Tehard de Chardin once said, The universe is unfolding as it should. With all the crises we are facing, one wonders how that can be true. He also stressed the importance of being co-creators with God in the evolution of the universe. What does that mean for us? Do we, indeed, accept the challenge to build the earth? To understand that we are truly at one with the cosmos? That God is within us all? What does that mean for us as individuals, as a nation, as citizens of the world? Are we learning what these crises can teach us? These questions are weighty and have no easy answers. Yet we must ask them because our future is at stake. To succumb to despair, to lose hope, and to fear this chaos will never end creates a kind of useless paralysis. But I'm just one person. What can I do? 
Even if you do one small act of kindness a day, one act of compassion for yourself during these hard times, which will lead to an expanded capacity for compassion toward others, the world will be a bit safer, a bit kinder, a bit more peaceful. A daily practice of gratitude is essential. It's very simple. Every night before bed, or every morning upon awakening, think of three things that you're grateful for. They can be as practical as, I'm grateful I can still get out of bed, or see, or smile, or as profound as, I'm grateful I have meaningful work to do, or the planet has not been blown up, or that God and I are becoming better friends. Did you know that the sense of gratitude cannot coexist with fear, anxiety, or depression? It fosters trust, and trust, I believe, is even more important than hope. In a prayer found in his book, Seeds of Contemplation, Thomas Merton says, My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Therefore will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. We learn to trust by trusting. Our co-pilot joins us at the instrument panel. Have a good conversation with God. Stay safe.